the Spirit of God hovered over the waters at the moment of creation. Like the universe exploding outward from the single spark of God's Word. So the church became real. Put your hand on the ground. The earth itself is vibrating. The mountains. The oceans. The deserts. The creatures that live here are all breathing in. The planet is inhaling. Imagine the song it will sing. The song of Pentecost. Joy enveloped the disciples. Their words were understood and welcomed. Their joy was contagious. Their message was heard and translated and shared. The church moved into the world, bringing light, bringing love, covering all there was. There was no denying it. There was no going back. The church as we know it was born. God, we feel your presence. Let us use it. Let us take this rush, this moment, this Pentecost, shouting into a world that is bored stiff by life. We have been made aware of the presence of the creator of the universe. Give us the strength to keep it going. God is real. The church is born. The song goes on and everyone can sing. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good Sunday morning to you. This Pentecost morning is so precious, so special. This is a new season. We're ready to enter into summer just about. And prophetically, we are in Pentecost Sunday. So we're expecting a great harvest in the coming weeks, coming months. So brethren, it's time to worship God and praise Him. It's also time to share your faith. It's also time to share the love of God. Let the love of God flow through you. So as we start today, uh, let's get on chat a moment. And I ask that you please put your name down. Let us know that you're there with us. If you have family with you, also put their names or at least let us know you and two more, you and three more. We love to know that. We want to make sure that our family is fellowshipping with us. If you have any prayer concerns, anything that uh, uh, you might know uh, or, or something that God has shown you, please also put it on chat. We're, we're actually reading all these comments, uh, so please let us know. And if you're a first-time visitor, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so thrilled that you're worshiping with us. We were so grateful that we were able to go to the church this past uh, Wednesday. And we were able to worship there uh, and pray. Uh, of course, we kept it under 10 because that's what the law says now. We were very clean. We cleaned up everything going in and going out. We were all very um, careful to share um, the CDC guidelines and take care of that. We're going to do that next week also. So we're going to start slowly transitioning uh, to start utilizing the building again, little by little, as we're given permission by our city. But we, we won't stop uh, streaming. We're going to continue to be there with you uh, through, through um, both Zoom, uh, through Facebook Live, uh, through uh, our websites, uh, also uh, through uh, YouTube Live. Uh, we're going to continue to minister throughout the week. Sometimes we're on YouTube, sometimes we are on FaceTime Live. But uh, make no mistake, we are here. We love fellowshipping with our family. We're, we're, um, we're not saying that the church building is the church. We are saying that we are the church. So no matter where we're at, we're always the church. Every time we gather, Jesus said that wherever there's two or three gathered in his name, he is there. So right now, Jesus is in our midst. 
He's here with me and he's there with you. And we're gathering together in the virtual sanctuary, getting ready to worship God. So are you ready to worship God with me? I'm excited. I, you know, I can't wait till Sunday so that we could gather together, and worship God. I miss seeing you guys in the natural. I miss giving you a physical hug, but receive a virtual hug from me. I love you and I miss you dearly. But I'm looking forward to seeing you soon as the Lord permits. But meanwhile, I could see you uh, through uh, Zoom when we meet and we gather Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Um, and also throughout the week well, as we pray, I get to see you guys. So it's I'm just so grateful that you're continuing to, uh, like the scripture says, continuing to gather together, even as it is told for us. We need to gather together. So thank you for that. So are you ready to worship? All right, let's go into the worship portion of our service today. And let's lift up our hands and glorify Almighty God, because He is good and He is worthy to be praised.
want you guys to sing that.
Amen. That was awesome. I appreciate the, the, the time that we could take together and worship God and uh, looking at us worshiping in our sanctuary. Uh, that reminds me of what we will be doing in the future. So I know we had this time of isolation that we had to stay in our homes, but, but, you know, as we see each other worshiping Almighty God at the sanctuary, it just gladdens my heart. But hey, listen, we're still worshiping God. We're just using the virtual uh, worship uh, hall or the virtual sanctuary. But we are all together, and I just praise God for that. Let's take a moment as part of our worship and praise to get ready to release an offering to Almighty God, release the tithe and the offering. You know the tithe opens up the windows of heaven. You know God rebukes the devourer for the tither's sake. Uh, you could read that in Malachi chapter 3. It's, it's interesting. That's the only place where you see that. But if God is the one who rebukes the devourer for our sake. He, he says that for the tither. He opens up the windows of heaven. Windows of heaven, that means revelation. That means being being able to see clearly, because that's what windows are for. It's, it's to be able to see. It, it, it shows you uh, another atmosphere, another environment. When you're inside your house and you look out your window, you see another environment. You see the outside. You see the clouds. You, you, see, you see more things uh, that you couldn't see when the windows were closed, right? But in the same way, God opens up windows of revelation for us, windows of understanding. And in this summer, I believe that he's opening up our understanding for us to see things that are happening in the spirit realm, opportunities that he's given us. Uh, you know, I mean, you're hearing bad news all over the place, but guess what? God has given us good news. Where he's given us good news. The gospel is good news. He's sharing his love to us and through us. So I, get, I, I praise God for that. So let's get ready to give. And, and make sure you always do that as unto the Lord. All right. This is, this is part of your offering because this is part of your life. You, you worked for, uh, the portion that you have. So when you take that first portion and you give it to God, that's part of your worship because you're telling him he's number one. He's first. He's first overall. So as we get ready to give, um, just take that offering in your hands or if, if you're going to do it electronically, just in your heart, just, just release it to God. And, and very shortly, I'll, ha I'll ask uh, Julio to put that break, that three minute break so that we could go over to the website, calvaryny.org, calvaryny.org. It should also be on your screen. And when you get to the, um, to the website on the top header, to the right, you'll see where it says give. You could click there and it'll take you to the page where you can conveniently give. Amen. Praise God. So let's get ready to give. Father, thank you for the privilege to serve you. Thank you for the privilege of being your children. Thank you for the privilege of salvation. And today we gather together as a church family to worship you, Lord, with, with our hearts, with our mouths, with our hands, with our feet, uh, Lord, and even with our giving. We pray, Lord God, that you receive the tithe and offering to our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father, that you are our provider. And we're declaring in our giving that we trust you, my Lord. Uh, and we thank you that no matter what happens in the economy, what happens in our environment, you are able to meet all of our need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, Father, we sow the tithe and the offering right now to our high priest and through our high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Amen and amen. Praise God. Well, uh, let's get ready to give. Julio, get us into that break.
what happened that day when the Spirit arrived, when the Holy Spirit came. What happened then? It got loud, loud enough to be heard all over town. Fire appeared, divided and dispersed to each of them. The outsiders came running and they heard the fire talkers tell of God's mighty works in their own language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretans, and Arabians. The Spirit had come to describe the glory of God in their native tongues through those who followed Christ. These representatives of the world stood astounded but curious, bewildered but ready. Then Peter showed them from the scripture exactly what it meant, revealing God's promise to all who trust in Jesus. And many believed, and many repented, and many were baptized, and many were saved. The Spirit had come. The church was born. So let's get to the Word of God, which is so vital. This is what feeds our faith. Interesting that I say feeding our faith because we've been teaching on a series uh, that I've titled Seven Strategies to Thrive During Uncertain Times. Uh, the first strategy was who are you listening to, which helps to feed your faith. Number two, put on your armor. And we have the shield of faith. And today, I wanted to expound on the third strategy to help you to thrive during uncertain times, and that is a relevant and living faith. So it's very apropos, very important. Um, without a good, confident, strong faith, we really cannot prosper in our Christian faith. We cannot. We'll be paralyzed in our faith. We'll be paralyzed in our walk with God. So it is vital, it's vital that we have a relevant and living faith. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you've given us the measure of faith that we need for our lives. And you've also given the opportunity for us to cultivate our faith, to build our faith, to grow our faith as we feed on your word, as we walk with you. So Lord, thank you for the overcoming faith that you've given us. We give you the praise for it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 has been quoted many, many times in many, many circles, but it's very relevant. Hebrews 11.1 1 in various translations gives you a more multicolored picture of what faith is. In the King James or New King James Version, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. When I think about it, I think about substance. I think about something I can touch, something I can feel. When I think about evidence, I think about a courtroom. You can't go into a courtroom without evidence. You can't tell the judge, he did that or she did that, and I want payback. And then the judge asks you for evidence, and, and you say, well, I don't have any. They'll boot you right out. It'll be a frivolous lawsuit, as it were. You have to have substance. You have to have evidence. And that's what faith is to us. The Amplified says it this way, Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of the things hoped for, 
divinely guaranteed. See, so faith is attached to a divine guarantee. So it's not just basically a general faith that I have. This kind of faith, it's differentiated from the general faith that the world has. I have faith in my job. I have faith I'm going to get paid this week. You know, I, I have faith that I'll wake up tomorrow. It's a general faith, but it's really based on, on a hope that is faulty uh, because faith is only as strong as the object you hope in or the person you trust in. But this kind of faith, Hebrews 11.1 faith, is a title deed. What's a title deed? Well, you own the home. How do you know? It's my title deed with my name on it. I own this. Faith is your ownership of the trust that you have in a divine guarantee. So who's guaranteeing it? Well, it's a divine guarantee. So when I say divine, I'm talking about God. God guarantees things to us, and we have faith in his divine guarantee. So that's what biblical faith is. It goes on to say it's the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. See, faith comprehending as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Man, that's a mouthful. So let me expound a little on that. It's evidence of things that we don't see with our natural eye, but because we know who's promising it to us, we know for a fact that even though we don't have it in our physical senses, we will obtain it. So therefore, as far as I'm concerned, it's already mine because look who's promising it. See, that's the type of biblical faith that we're talking about. The CJB, the Jewish Bible, the complete Jewish Bible says it this way, trusting is being confident of what we hope for, convinced about things we do not see. So faith is trust. Trust in what? Trust in God, his word, his, his faithfulness, his character, his nature. God is a God of his word. His word is his bond. God and his word are one, and we can trust in that. The word faith in the Greek, it comes from the word pistis, which means persuasion. I am persuaded. It's, I am convicted of that. I am convicted of the truthfulness of God. See, the truthfulness of God. So true faith is connected with God, with his character, with his nature, with his word. When we come to Christ for salvation, we trust in him. He said he'd save us. He said he would deliver us. And then he went ahead, he died on the cross to prove it to us. See, so we could trust in him. We have faith, but not just say, I have faith. Or I just believe. No, I trust in him. My faith is uh, is literally resting upon him. See, it's not empty, vacuous faith. It's trust that rests on the rock who is Jesus Christ. It's assurance. It's complete belief in, in fidelity, the fidelity of God. Biblical faith is confidence and obedience, not just Confidence, it's also uh, obedience. In Hebrews 11.3, it says, By faith we understand that the words, or rather, I'm sorry, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. See, we have faith, but our faith is in the word of God. The word of God frames our faith. The word of God framed the world. The word of God promises us salvation. It promises us provision. 
So we understand uh, ultimately that the things that we see were not made by things which are visible. It was made by things that are invisible or in the spirit realm. We trust him and his word. Hebrews 11, 7 says, Hebrews 11, 7, once again, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, he moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of a household. I don't know if you caught it there. By faith Noah, being divinely warned, who warned him? God. What did God do? He spoke to him. He told him, build an ark. See, so he trusted God, so Noah moved by what he heard, the word of God. He didn't trust himself. He wasn't building an ark because he thought it within his own heart. No, God told him to build the ark. So he trusted and believed God, and because of that, he was able to save himself and his household. Okay? So because of his faith, his confidence, his trust in God and his word, he was moved with godly fear. Hebrews 11.8, by faith Abraham obeyed what? what? What he was called to do. He was called to go out of a place which he would go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. So Hebrews 11 says that Abraham obeyed when he was called by God. See, you see the connection? True faith is connected to God, his word, and his instructions to us by his very word. Hebrews eleven seventeen by faith Abraham when he was tested he offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son hold on a second by faith Abraham when he was tested yeah it was a test because God had said that son is going to give you sons and daughters and sons and daughters to such a degree that if you were to look at sand that's how your progeny is going to be that's how your descendants are going to be. And then at the same time, later on, God then says, oh, that boy that I told you, he's going to be your blessing. Uh, give him to me. Sacrifice him to me. See, that was a test. So by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac. The, the, the scriptures go, goes on to say this. Is he trusted God so much that he knew that God would res resurrect that boy. He would resurrect that boy because he had promised him that through that boy, he would receive the inheritance. You, you see my point? So Abraham trusted what? God's word. It wasn't just blind faith, it was faith in God's word. So in the roundabout way, true biblical faith is trust in God's character and word. He and his word are one. So our faith is empowered and made alive when our faith is resting upon his word. I cannot tell you that if you have faith in a car, that it's always going to do you right. I cannot tell you that if you have faith in that person, that person is never going to fail you. But I can tell you that if you have faith in God and his word, you can actually put your eternal soul in his hands because that's how faithful he is. So let's rephrase Hebrews 11 one a moment just, just to accentuate this truth. Trust in God's word and faithfulness is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to say it again. Trust, see, faith is the evidence, right? Faith is the substance. So trust in God's word, faith in God. Trust in God's word and faithfulness is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we have faith in God and his faithfulness, that's biblical faith. And faith is so important that it was mentioned uh, four times this way. It says, the just shall live by faith. In Hebrews uh, 2, 4, it says, 
Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Faith in what? Faith in God, his promises, his ability, his faithfulness. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11, the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38, now the just shall live by faith. See, very vital. I'm blessed uh, by that verse, 1 Timothy chapter 6, as, I'm sorry, chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Um, it says it this way, fight the good fight of faith. So the word fight is mentioned twice there. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and you've confessed the good, confess uh, the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Interesting. Fight the good fight of faith. It calls it a good fight. It means it could be a bad fight. We could be fighting for the wrong things. But when we fight the fight of faith, it's the right thing. It's the right thing to do in our lives as Christians. So let me explain that a little because the word fight there, um, there are two uh, different definitions. One comes from the New Testament um, Strong's Concordance definition, the Greek uh, number 75. So it's, it's the word agonizomai, and then the other one is agon. So let me share what that means. The word fight in fight the good word uh, the good fight of faith is the word agonizomai, which means it's a struggle, a, a something you compete in. It's to contend with an adversary. It's almost like the old days where they would get together and have games, you know, so you'd have uh, these gladiators and they would fight in, in an arena. So that's the struggle. So the fight, to fight the good fight of faith means to discipline yourself as a champion. Apply yourself. Discipline yourself to stay in that place. Don't run away from it. So uh, a fight as a verb means that we have to be uh, ready to struggle, to struggle against spirits, to struggle against our mind, to struggle against our flesh, to struggle against um, our culture and continue to stand, and continue to confide in God and His ability. So that's agonizomai. Then you have fight the good fight of faith. That word fight there comes from NT73 in the Strong's Concordance, and that's a noun. It's, it's the place where the contest takes place. See, it's a, a place of assembly where they have these battles, where they have these champion games. So we have to fight, struggle to remain in the very place uh, of, of that particular competition. The fight is for our faith. We have a fight for our faith each and every day. The enemy would try to separate you from your faith because he hates your faith in God and his word. Because <clears throat> that's what helps you to overcome. So we are to then prepare ourselves as champions, uh, you know, uh, build our uh, faith muscles, uh, struggle and keep ourselves in that place, in that arena of faith. Don't get away from it. Don't allow the enemy to get you away from your faith, to get you from that place of your faith. 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says this way, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world even our faith. Wow. And he, uh, who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. We overcome the world, the world systems, the world culture, the sin nature. We overcome that by our faith. In what? 
in God Almighty, in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's not that, oh, I'm super because I have faith. Uh, you know, I can make things happen. No, no, my confidence is not in me and my limited capacity and ability. My faith and my confidence is in him. Hallelujah. Our faith in him overcomes, helps us to overcome, that is. In Hebrews 11, 5 and 6, it says, But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, not only um, do we trust God um, to, to save us, but we trust and believe God that he is a rewarder. As we live our life out for him in this lifetime, he will reward us. He will provide for us. He will protect us. He will cover us. He will help us. So then there are corresponding things that we need to do if we say we're people of faith. There's not, um, faith is not just something, oh yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe in those things. No, it's not enough. See, mental belief is not biblical faith. Because the scripture says that demons believe and they tremble also. In James chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. You believe that there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. So do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? So we need to understand that if you have true biblical faith, you're going to have corresponding works in your life or actions that are going to prove to everybody that sees you and to the spirit world that in truth you have confidence in God and his ability and you're living for him. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 4, um, sorry, 13 and 14, it says this, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. So our corresponding actions and the things we speak line up with the fact that our faith is in him. See, and our life that we live is for him. And interesting, because they called it there a spirit of faith. Hmm, interesting, a spirit of faith. The word spirit there is the word noma. Noma is the Greek word that means uh, a spirit. It could be a human spirit. It could be a rational soul. It could be Holy Spirit. Sometimes we speak, uh, we say pneuma. Um, we, we, we think of Holy Spirit. But it also is a principle or a mental disposition, a mindset, an attitude, a way of thinking. See, so... When I have the spirit of faith, I have a way of thinking that lines up with faith in God, with trust in God. And my actions uh, correspond to the life that I say I believe in. See, so a person who has true faith, you will see it in their corresponding actions, in their mindsets, in their worldview. See? So faith has vital principles and it carries a mental disposition. I am inclined to trust God in every situation because I'm living by faith. I have a predominant or prevailing tendency or, or, or um, attitude that, that, that leads me toward faith. I even have a mood of faith that works into that also. And, and my mood is I trust God. When, when I'm frustrated, when things don't go the way I thought, I still trust God. I am like a pit bull when it comes to that. Whatever happens, I'm going to continue to trust God. I have faith, not in myself, but I have faith in Him. I am convinced of the things that I don't see. Why? Because He promised them to me. You know, like Abraham and, and Moses and different men of God throughout Scripture trusted God in the midst of impossible odds. Daniel trusted God in the midst of impossible odds. 
Why? Because they have faith in him and in his faithfulness, his nature, his honesty. When he says something, he'll do it. Hallelujah. Psalms 116.11 says, I believe, therefore I spoke. So what we believe, we speak. Now, what does that say of a person that has faith, but everything they say is criticism or not believing, or, oh, this is never going to happen. Oh, God doesn't love me. or That person really is not operating in faith. They're operating in doubt or worry or fear. See, what we believe, we speak. So your words have to line up with your faith. Or more, more clearly said, you will speak based on the faith that you have, whether it is on God or whether it is on some catastrophe or calamity. People that have scriptural faith, their words will line up with the faith that they have in their hearts. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 and 14, once again, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. See, so even my words align with the word of God. How are you? I'm blessed and I'm highly favored. That's why I say that. I don't say it just as a Christianese, you know, or just a, as a Christian conversation. I say it because I believe that because he said that to me. So I am blessed and I'm highly favored. Why? Because he said so and he's faithful. So that's why I say that. I declare that to my atmosphere. I declare that to me. Victor, you're blessed and you're highly favored. See, I have to hear that because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Abraham obeyed and he believed God according to what God instructed. Romans 4, 17 and 18 says it this way. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who we believe. So he believed that. So then it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he, which is Abraham, became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. See, God spoke it. Abraham believed it and walked according to that and lived his life with that belief that he would have many nations come from him. And he did because God is faithful. So there are various things that we can do to cultivate a biblical relevant faith, a relevant faith that works today. The first thing that we need to do is we need to speak what God speaks. See, faith in God is linked to what he says, his known revealed will, and that's found in his word. Again, 2 Corinthians 4.13, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak. So we speak God's word. Whatever's in his word, that's what we declare. So speak what God speaks. Speaks what God told us, what God instructed us in his word. The second thing is walk with men and women of faith. See? And correspondingly, reject the words of men and women who always see the worst in every situation. Reject people that speak doubt and unbelief. You know, I know that, that it says that in the scripture, but look at what's going on. See, their eyes are connected to the natural, to the circumstance, to the situation. But you, man of God, woman of God, our faith has, has to be connected in his word. And during these times when we see such uh, uncertain futures, you know, a future around us, we need to be linked with God's word because God is the rock. Everything else is subject to change, but God's word will never change. 
Romans 1.12 says it this way, that is, that I might be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. See, we're supposed to be encouraging each other. So seek out men and women of faith that are going to encourage your faith. And the word encourage means breathe life into. I want somebody that's going to breathe life into my faith. Faith is vital to me. The Bible says that I overcome by my faith. So I can't be hanging around with people that are always talking death and negativity and, and doubt. I need to hang around champions of faith. I need to seek them out because I want that impartation. I want to hear uh, testimonies of life, of encouragement. See, we need to grow in that. And you need to be that to somebody else. The third thing is abound in the Word of God and in your devotion to knowing God's revealed will. That means we need to get in the scripture. We need to get in the scripture each and every day. We need to seek God with honesty, with candor, with urgency. You go to God's word, open it up and, and pray. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you his known will. And he'll do it. Second Corinthians 8, 7, it says, As you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. The apostle was talking about various areas that the people of God in that, I think it was Macedonia, were, were abounding in. They were abounding in diligence. They were abounding in uh, the giving aspect, uh, helping other churches, helping their brothers in other regions. But it says, abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence. But notice, we have to abound in faith. So in order to abound in faith, we also have to abound in our speech and in knowledge. What knowledge? The knowledge of God. And in diligence also. It's not just, oh yeah, I go to you know the Word every once in a while. No, a diligent person is structured and continues every day. He or she understands that every day I need to be in the Word of God. That's vital. A diligent person, you could tell them. You could tell the difference. You know, every once in a while I see this guy running around um, the community. Every day he's running. Every day he gets up. Diligent in that area. Therefore, you know, he's buff. <laughs> he's got a six-pack. He's got good, solid shoulders. But every morning he's out there running. And all I do is look at him and say, wow, interesting. But I'm not out there running like him. Otherwise, I'd be also buff and, you know, uh, big muscles in my legs and things of that nature. But, you know, you could see the difference between a person that's diligent and a person that's not diligent. Are we diligent in the Word of God? This is so vital. The fourth thing is make sure that you're growing in your faith. See, faith was not meant to stay stagnant or at one level. Faith was given to us as a gift, but it's also a fruit. So it's supposed to grow. And we have to feed it so it can grow. In Acts chapter 16, verse 4 and 5, the Bible says, or rather verse 5, um, So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in number daily. They were strengthened in the faith. See, we need to strengthen our faith each and every day as a muscle. Mark 6 speaks of no faith. Matthew 17, Jesus talks about little faith. In, in Luke 17, Jesus, I mean, in Luke chapter 7, rather, uh, Jesus, he literally references uh, a, a woman of great faith. You see, so you, you have to understand, or a, a man, I'm, I'm sorry, a man of great faith. You have to understand that faith can grow. Faith can grow from level to level. Did you hear what I said? 
Faith can grow, but it's not going to grow automatically. You have to work it. You have to feed it. How many of you woke up, you know, one morning and suddenly your arms were really, really big like Arnold Schwarzenegger's? Or your legs were really big or suddenly you had a six pack? You were 10 pounds overweight and suddenly, boom, you had your perfect weight. Does, it, does that just happen? I don't think so. We have to work it. We have to be disciplined. And in the same way, our faith is a muscle. You want a six pack? You better start doing those crunches every day. You better start eating right. You better start being dis disciplined. And for you guys out there, if you want those big biceps, you better start picking up them weights each and every day. See, faith needs to be worked on. And so this is vital. Make sure that you're growing in your faith each and every day. The fifth thing is cultivate patience by learning to wait on God and his promises. The scripture says in Hebrews 10, 35, and, uh, verse 35, it says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. See, we cannot cast away our confidence. And then verse 36, it says, You have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So we cannot cast away our confidence, and we have need of endurance. So the writer to the Hebrews said, don't do that. Don't cast away your confidence. Have patience. Let God do his thorough work. I mean, I, I can't believe how many impatient Christians there are out there. It's like they're demanding God, God, do this now or else I'm going to leave. If you don't answer me right now, I'm going to leave. Got to tell you, that's not the way to work, work with God. I mean, how many of us go to uh, different organizations or we go to the doctor's office? You better take care of me now or I'm out of here. No, you sit down and you wait your turn. Sometimes I go to the doctor's office. What frustrates me, I go to the doctor's office, you tell me get there at 8. And there's about 15 people there. And all of them had an 8 o'clock appointment. That frustrates me. He wants, he, he, he wants us to be on time, but we have to wait for him. And he calls us all to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning. And then he works according to his convenience. That messes me up. I go, well, you know, doesn't this doctor have a little better system here? <laughs> but you got to wait for him. But yet we don't want to wait on God. I, I'm not getting that. We put more trust, more respect, more honor on the people of this world than we do on Almighty God. Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth. Oh, you better do this quick or I'm leaving. <laughs> Hello? It's time to develop patience in the kingdom of God. So stop being, you know, stop being like that. That's not going to help you. It's a bad attitude, bad attitude in the presence of God. Remember I told you that, that faith has an attitude, a correct corresponding mood and mindset? Our mindset has to be, I know God's going to answer, and sometimes he's not going to answer when I want him to, but he knows more than me, he knows better than me. So he's going to answer me in his time. I'm just going to stand and wait and confide that the answer will come. See, so that has to be our attitude. So cultivate patience by learning to wait on God and his promises. The sixth thing is release an atmosphere of faith and expectancy. See, with your words and your lifestyle. You, you, we need to model this, you know, among our family and in our community. We, you know, we, we, we can't do what the crowd is doing. See, we need to be the one that hears and obeys. We can't look to the crowd. And then, you know, hey, hey, guys, what are you doing? All right, let me go do that. No, 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 no. If we are going to trust God, if we're going to release an atmosphere of faith, most likely we're going to have to go contrary to what we see in community. We're going to have to be our own man, our own woman, so to speak. In Matthew 7, 24 and 25, it says this. 
Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto the man, a wise man, who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. So that person trusts God. That person builds his life on what he hears from the word. And so what happens, even when the floods come and the winds come, the house remains standing. His life, his faith remains complete. Why? Because he trusts God. Because he's constantly, he or she is constantly releasing the word of God from their mouths, living the word of God, having an attitude of faith, confidence in God and his word. So release an atmosphere of faith and expectancy with your words and your lifestyle. I remember one time, um, I was trying to sell my home uh, in Pennsylvania years ago. I was about 20, I want to say about 28 years old, maybe. I had purchased a home in the Poconos, and I didn't do a good purchase. I, I, I purchased, and um, they gave me a 13% interest rate on our, our mortgage. And since I, you know, I was new, I didn't know the system. I got into a very large loan. Um, for me, at that point, I, I really couldn't afford it. We kept it for three years, but I was at the point of foreclosure. And I said, Father, help me to get, you know, to unload this. It was my mistake. I'm sorry. Help me to unload this. And, you know, we went there and we spoke to the real estate agents. They got a person that was ready to buy it. And I was happy because it was just before the bank foreclosed. But three days before the foreclosure, where we were supposed to close, they call me and they say that the owner pulled out. I said, oh my God, I was in my living room. I was alone at the time um, in my living room. And I, I just got so nervous. I got so afraid at the moment. I said, what am I gonna do? We're gonna have to go foreclosure. It's gonna kill my credit. Uh, I, I was, it, it just was terrible for me. I, I was so sad because I really had a high expectation that this house was gonna be sold. But then suddenly, it's almost like something mantled me and I felt like a spirit of faith come upon me. And then I just started speaking. I said, this house will sell. We will find a buyer and this house will sell before the closing. And I just started declaring that in the name of Jesus. And, you know, then suddenly I felt the peace in my heart. Then I went about my business. I didn't worry anymore about it. But an hour later, I got a call from uh, the, the lady that was selling our house, the real estate agent, and she says, you're not gonna believe it. This guy walks out of, uh, you know, walks from the street, comes in, and he says, I wanna buy that house. And she says, okay, it costs so much, and but we, we have a problem, it's gonna foreclose in three days. Oh, no problem, I'm buying it cash. Ha! <laughs> if you know anything about real estate, when you buy a house cash, you don't have to wait a long time. You just get the contract up, and you, you know, you pay your check, and it's yours. We were able to close on the deal before the foreclosure. But I'll never forget that moment. I felt like a mantling upon me, and the best way I could describe it, it's almost like a spirit of faith came upon me, and I was able to make that declaration, and bam, that situation, I mean, it shifted in a moment, releasing an atmosphere of faith and expectancy with your words and lifestyle. I remember experiencing that, and I will never forget it. That's how come when I'm going through a fight of my faith, I understand that faith for me is vital. I can't let my faith go because that's my victory. And lastly, pray and declare according to God's will. 
Not, not just according to what you want, but according to God's will. First John chapter 5, verse 14 through 16, it says it this way. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And verse 15 says, and if, and we know, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. See, that's John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It doesn't go all the way to 16. It's only 15. So I have confidence when I pray God's will. Because if it's God's will, then I'm, I'm in good footing. See, because God will honor his will. He might not honor all of our petty desires or demands, but he'll always address and answer his word according to his will. So these are the seven things. Uh, there are more, of course, but these are seven things that we can do to work on our faith. And it is vital that we uh, understand and, and, and comprehend that we are in a fight for our faith. See, our faith is what helps us to overcome. So the enemy will try to attack our faith. So, uh, so my fight is not so much against the devil. My fight is the fight to remain in that place of faith. If I can stay in that place of faith, the enemy cannot defeat me, all right? So I gave you seven things you can do to cultivate a biblical, relevant faith. So in closing, understand the power and, in the, and the importance of having a relevant and living faith. It is our faith that helps us to overcome. Our faith in what? Our faith and confidence in Him and His ability, in the Word of God. So I hope that blessed you like it's blessed me because it changed my thinking of what faith was. At one point I thought faith was uh, an abstract thing and, and I had a hard time comprehending it. But I understand it now. It's simple, basic confidence in God and His Word. So the more of His Word I understand, the more my faith will grow But because His Word is all about Him. It teaches me more about Him and the way He does things, His will, His mood, His design, His plan. That's why it's so vital. One of the seven steps is just really study the Word each and every day. Not just study it mentally, but, but meditate on it and, and ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and understanding uh, around the Word. And the Bible says that Jesus is the living Word. Hallelujah. So um, for those of you that are hearing this for the first time, you say, well, you know, I never really connected with God in this way, and I want to connect with God. The first thing to do is you go to the living word, who is Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for us so that we would be able to receive him. Um, see, if we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and ask forgiveness, see, he forgives us, cleanses us of all sin, and then he adopts us into the family. We become part of the family of God. So if you have never received Jesus, it's not about religion. It's not belonging to a church that meets over there in that building. No, it's becoming part of the family of God. We become born again. In John 3, it talks about, Jesus speaks about us being born again. So if you've never received Jesus and you want that forgiveness and you want to walk with God and, and you understood what this faith is, pray this prayer with me. I want to pray with you and I want you to also receive Jesus like I did. And, and I'm born again and I want you also to be born again. Okay, so let's pray. Repeat this with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word I heard today. So now I have a greater understanding of what true faith is. It's confidence in you. And today I want to declare my confidence in what you've done for me. 
I want to declare your confidence on the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me and, and he forgave my sins on the cross. So this moment, I come to Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I repent of my sins, cleanse all of my sin, and receive me into your family. I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I pray, Father, that you give me the privilege of the new birth. Accept me into your family today because I believe in Jesus. I trust in you. I trust in your word. And I thank you, Father, that by your word, I am saved. Thank you, Father, that you are faithful to your word. So, Father, I come to you with your promise, with your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for saving me and for redeeming me. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. If you made that prayer, um, I want you to do me a favor. Go to the chat room a moment and give me your email and let me know you prayed that prayer because we want to send you some materials to help you in your walk with God. I want you to, uh, I want to continue to teach some of these strategies to you <clears throat> so that you can walk with God wherever you're at, whether you're in New York, in the Bronx, and you could visit us at our local church um, uh, over in Soundview, or uh, you might be in Texas, you might be in California, you might be in India, you might be in Africa. doesn't make a difference. The principles of God work all the time in any place, in any culture, in any generation. Hallelujah. So if you did that, please um, give us your email and we will send you free materials. No charge to you. Okay? Praise God. Well, God bless you, family. It was good to share God's word with you. I get excited every time I'm able to hear God's word because as I'm sharing it with you, I'm also receiving, you know, a, a divine wisdom and understanding. It's encouraging my faith also. So these strategies are not just for you. It's for me also. What I'm sharing with you, I'm living it too. Praise God. So as we get ready to close, I wanted to thank you once again uh, for your disciplines and for continuing to come together. As you know, we met last Wednesday at the church. So slowly but surely, we're going to start preparing ourselves to get back to the local church. But we're not going to stop meeting this way. Um, we're going to... Um, uh, every week, we're going to continue to send live streaming uh, of our services uh, through the different platforms that we utilize, whether it's through our website, www.calvaryny.org, or Facebook Live, or YouTube Live. We're going to continue to stream, but for those of us that are ready to come back little by little, we will do so. Uh, we will, of course, listen to the CDC guidelines and, and obey those guidelines because we want to come back safely. So it's going to take time, so we have to be patient. This, is, this will probably be rolling out throughout the summer, um, and we'll see uh, what it looks like in a couple of weeks. Uh, so th the thought now is probably, and then maybe in the next week or two, is we might have the worship team come back or a portion of the worship team, and I'll be there also, and we might have the service with nobody there present except us, but we'll continue to live stream. And then once our governor uh, in New York uh, gives us permission to start bringing in more people, that's where we'll start bringing uh, people according to the plan. But before we do anything, we will definitely talk to you uh, about every every step we're going to take. You will know it in advance. Okay? Praise God. So thank you for that. Thank you for your continued giving, uh, for your continued tithing and offering. We appreciate it more than words can say. We've been able to continue to um, pay our bills and pay the mortgage. Thank you. You know, we haven't received any help from the government. Uh, we had applied, but they never 
gave us anything. Uh, maybe they might, going forward, they might give us something, but we haven't received anything. So we have been, uh, as a church family, taking care of all our bills. So thank all of you for your faithfulness. If you didn't have a chance to release your tithe before, during the offering time, uh, after uh, this uh, gathering is finished, please um, consider going to our website, calvaryny.org. On the top header, you'll see a link that says give. Click on that, and it'll take you to the page where you can give your free will offering, your donation, or your tithe. Okay? Praise God. God bless you all. So before um, before we leave, um, after I pray, uh, go to um, the uh, chat room and say bye to everybody, all right? And as you know, we're getting uh, together every day, practically. Um, so there's a lot of things that are happening. Go to our website or call our office. You could um, call at 718-829-5306. 718-829-5306. You can reach out uh, to uh, Elder Isabel and you could ask her any question, maybe any special services we're having throughout the week, uh, and then she'll give you the information, all right? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for the overcoming faith that you've given us. We love you. We praise you. We glorify your holy, holy, holy name. And today, as we dismiss from this gathering, I thank you that you're with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Father, for the precious privilege, the highest privilege that you give us to be adopted in your family, into your family through Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for your divine protection upon us. Thank you that your angels encamp around about us and guard us and keep us in all of our ways. We dismiss now from this gathering, giving you all the glory, the honor, and the praise in the name that is above all names, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Remember, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great and prosperous week.